Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. When was the last time you thought about your batteries? I mean, that's what they do, right? Stay unnoticed, unseen, shoved in a battery compartment, and click, your stuff works. But you're going to be thinking about this one. Duracell Optimum, the battery that can make your devices work even better than copper top. Toothbrushes, faster. Screwdrivers, faster. RC cars, yeah, an upgrade without upgrading. So just this one time, do you and your devices a favor and upgrade to the power of Duracell Optimum. What's up, guys? Ryan Satin here, and I am with the one, the only, PJ Black. Uh, we're heading to G1 Supercard. It's a few days away, and I <laughs> brought him here into the studio to talk to him about all sorts of things, not just G1 Supercard. Uh, in fact, we were, we were talking right before about how much of a foodie you are. Yeah. Uh, so you're a big uh, – you, it's funny. I was talking to Ryback, who I do a show with as well, and he was telling me that you're big into keto. So you're into keto cooking as well. It's like a whole – Keto. So I used to be a chef uh, like way before my, my wrestling career, and, yeah, I just got into keto recently. Keto and intermittent fasting, that's a powerful tool when you combine those. Like this is the leanest I've ever been in my life. I'm completely drug-free too, which, you know, a lot of people think I'm not. Like drug and alcohol-free too for the last three years. So the, that's I'm, great. I'm very, very excited about that. That's but yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Keto cooking. I love cooking. I, I, I love – uh, I have a sweet tooth, so I make keto desserts, so like low sugar, like no sugar, uh, high fat, which is fantastic. I, I kind of like this way of eating. I made a keto cheesecake for my birthday, and I ate the whole thing. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend, she's trying to kind of get into a fit lifestyle, and so she's 
looking at different things, and keto is one of the things that she was kind of inching towards. But then Ryback was super anti-keto. He was like, don't do it. He is because of his blood type. So I've looked into this stuff too, and I, I, I got to give him some tips on that too. It's, it's very hard to do if, you, if you're not very knowledgeable of macros, like uh, or just basic nutrition. Like a lot of people try to get into it because it's like the new craze, and it does work. It 100% works. Like me being shredded now, like that's just, that's just, that's a bonus. Like the, my favorite thing, that, and the reason I do it is for like brain health. Like my memory is so much better. My cognitive function, like everything is just so much better. So wait, you, okay, so I have a question. You mentioned being totally clean now, um, but I know you had that injury recently. Yep. When you were dealing with that, were you not using any like pain pills or anything like that during that? So that's where the journey started for me. Okay. So um, in hospital, I was in hospital for six months. I, I broke both my legs, base jumping twice. Um, it took me about 10 months to be weight-bearing again. So I had to relearn how to walk relearn how to run, jump, everything. Doctors told me I'll never wrestle again, but that's where my journey, journey started. I lost a lot of friends to opiates, and they gave me a, a handful of pills in the hospital, and I was like, I don't want to take this. I, don't wanna get, I know I'm going to get hooked on this. I know what it's done to my friends, so I kind of like started looking into alternative medicine, holistic medicine, like uh, CBD, THC, like, you know, a bunch of other stuff and then then i you know i also tried a bunch of different things for my my healing i tried the hyperbaric chambers the oxygen chambers the uh, the flotation tanks i had stem cells i got i still do cryo till this day like a bunch of different things which i'm eventually gonna ed- finish editing this documentary and put it on my youtube page <laughs> of my whole recovery process but anyway all those things like the only thing that worked for me was meditation and that's how I became on this, like, I guess on this spiritual journey. And like, yeah, no, no, and ever since that day, no more, no alcohol, no drugs, uh, maybe CBD and a little bit of THC, which I, but that's I not really like a drug. Yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. Especially I mean, it's like legal out here. And exactly. Stuff. It can be used as it, I guess. But uh, for me, it was, it was a healing mechanism. Well, but C- and CBD doesn't get you like stoned. Like some people might think, I mean, At CBD all. is strictly just to help the, the pain and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, that, that, I don't consider that one a drug. So that no, still makes totally. sense. So it doesn't make you high at all. It's non-psychoactive. And, uh, so then you filmed the whole thing, like I, your whole recovery? I, I filmed my whole recovery, like the whole recovery. I have some shots of me in the accident. Um, oh, the, really? Wait, the, like you were filmed, like you yeah, had like, kind of like the, the GoPro. GoPro? Um, the only thing that I don't have uh, footage of is the actual surgery on the day, because um, I had to get surgery on the day. They had <laughs> yeah. to steal plates in my leg. I, yeah. I have uh, titanium plates in my leg, 27 screws in there. I often joke, I'm like, yo, my uh, my finish should be the, the insecurity. Remember like, <laughs> We're like how Lex Luger used to have the uh, the forearm, <laughs> but yeah, I'll just uh, I'll edit some other footage in there, I guess. So, have you ever showed anyone that footage of you getting into that accident? Because that's gnarly. I know, I know, no, yeah, no, not at all. Have you gone back and watched it? Yeah, and it's kind of scary. Is it but, hard uh, to do that? It, it is hard, but like you know, I've learned so much from that. Like it was the worst thing that happened to me in my life, but it was also the best thing that happened to me in my life because if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be mentally and physically as strong as I am right now. Like that put me on this path, like this holistic path where I started meditating, I learned how to meditate and stuff like that, and that's changed my life like forever, and I, 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 I'll be forever grateful for that accident because it put me on this path. Did, so the meditation helps in terms of just kind of like overall peace, you think? Everything, everything. It helps me with peace, it helps me with, like, if I ever have a problem with anything, and, and I, it's... When I was younger, it was kind of like hard for me to grasp too, because you know, like we all know that we have to meditate and we hear this all the time, but like now there's actually science backing up like how, how it works and how important it is. And like there's like those uh, brain scans that actually show you exactly like it actually works. That's crazy. No, I haven't. See, it's funny. I, you know, my whole life, I, I was kind of one of those people kind of like, uh, 
oh, like self-care, uh, I don't need self-care type thing, you know? And I really think it was like watching that Queer Eye for the Straight Guy show <laughs> recently, which is a weird thing to be inspired by, uh-huh. I guess. But they're so all about self-care on that show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've watched it, but there's oh, yeah. self-care. <laughs> they're, they're, they're all about it. And it really made me think about how important that kind of stuff really can be in terms of like, if you stop caring about yourself and, and putting in the time to be at 100%, how it really will drag you down. Yeah, 100%. And it, it's, people always ask me, like on Instagram, constantly, people ask me daily, like, hey, how do I get into it? How does this work? And it's, it's kind of hard to explain because no one knows where to start because no one teaches us this stuff at school. Like, no one talks about this stuff. And that's what I want to do. I actually want to teach kids. I want to write a kid's book and try to inspire kids and try to teach people how to meditate and meditation is very easy there's multiple forms of meditation it's like working out you go to the gym whatever your goals are like are you trying to lose weight trying to build muscle are you just trying to work on your vo2 max your lungs you're trying to get fit meditation is the same way and it doesn't it's not hard people think like you have to sit there and go um and clear your mind it doesn't work like that it's like all you have to do is just be peaceful you can you can do it by breathing exercises going to the gym is a form of meditation there's there's it's infinite there's infinite forms of meditation and like you just have to find what you want to get out of it what you want to achieve and then just go from there so take me back a little bit uh relearning how to walk how does that like i i watched you walk into your left i know they're 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 bionic at this point but like you know that's got to be a hard thing i mean you i seeing you walk around you wouldn't think that you had a doctor tell you that you weren't going to be able to do wrestling in the future or anything like that how does that even process even go dude uh, man it was like trying to learn how to walk when after like 10 months i was like okay i can do, get some weight bearing but trying to put any weight on my leg it was impossible it like you straight fall down it, it, it hurt so bad i would fall down like my all my muscles completely atrophied so there was nothing there um i tried to give my first steps in a swimming pool so there's obviously different weight you yep. know like i uh, took off all the weights and i gave my first steps in the swimming pool and i did that for weeks and weeks and weeks and i try to strengthen the muscles trying to get the mobility back into the joint and like after about a month or two it just it felt like it was never going to happen and then you know like once i started seeing a little bit of progress and then i, I jumped from physio to physio and like i even went back to south africa for like two months where i didn't talk to anyone switch off my phone and just focus on recovery like meditation and then actually physical stretching strengthening the the joints the muscles and everything and and uh, you know physically obviously it was hard but mentally it was probably one of the hardest things i I've ever done. That sounds the mental part is I think mm. the part that I would fear the most in that <laughs> in that scenario. You know, I, I remember when I was younger, I had to have surgery on my vocal cords, and I couldn't talk for oh, wow. uh, I, I want to say a month, maybe a little longer. Yeah, and like physically is whatever, but the mental of not being able to like talk to people and, and express myself, especially being a loud talker yeah, person, yeah. was tough. Was tough. So I can't imagine just the the mental of. I might not walk again. Like, right. that's crazy, you know? I know, I know. And I, I mean, the walking wasn't so much a problem. I was just like, I'm never going to wrestle again. Like, this is my passion. This is what, I, what I've always wanted to do ever since I was a little kid, you know? Like, I was like, I mean, I do have a, a degree and stuff, but I was like, I, I, I cannot imagine doing anything else. Like, I cannot imagine, like, having a normal job ever. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like... <laughs> It's like, what am I going to do? Like, that was tough. It was really, really, really hard. Like, Did you think that you weren't going to be able to wrestle again when the doctor said that? Or were you pretty, in your, in your mind, were you like, I'm not, I'm not letting that happen? In the back of my mind, I was like, man, uh, th- this is a possibility. But, like, right there, I was like, 
I'm going to prove these doctors wrong. I'm going to, you know, like you, you hear this all the time. Like, and the, uh, the doctor that actually inspired me to, to meditate, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I've read all his books. He's fantastic. He actually broke his back and he, um, he legit just healed himself by meditation. He refused to have any of the surgeries and it's very inspiring. Like if you, you guys can check out Dr. Joe Dispenza, the book, if you want to learn how to meditate or anything or how powerful the mind actually is like that, that changed my life. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing. That's wild. Yeah. My brother, when he, my brother passed away, but he was a professional snowboarder. Well, he was, he worked for professional snowboarding companies and he broke his back snowboarding, um, while he was filming. Cause he was a cinematographer for them. And, uh, he got, you know, I probably shouldn't say, he got hooked on pills for a while too. And it was the exact same scenario where he broke his back mm-hmm. and they were like, here's a handful of pills, you know, and that really like let him down a dark path. So I'm really happy to hear that. Like you were able to stop yourself at that point because a lot of people that is like the part where everything goes downhill because they let it. And that's really cool that you didn't let it become the thing that defined you. Instead, you let it become the thing that changed you for the better. Right. And I've, like I said to you, like I've lost so many friends in wrestling. I mean, how many guys have we lost to that? And how many people do we know that's hooked on that stuff? And that, you know, it's a, it's a problem in the, in this country. Like the, the medical system is kind of flawed, but like, I mean, you know, it's not, not much better anywhere else. But. No, no. It's, man, the, the, the amount of people addicted to pain pills, I mean, I'm from around here, so I only have around here to base it off of, but it's crazy. I, mm. the, 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 when, I, when that happened, I remember looking into it more and seeing how much of like a real epidemic it's become. Oh, yeah. Just and from it, pain pills, you know? And especially in like wrestling, you know, like in or any compact, uh, contact sports. I mean, I'm sure it's the same in, in NFL and in NHL and stuff like that. Like, you know, like people get, they want pain pills or something to take the pain away and you take that and then you need something else for that day and you need something else to wake yourself up the next morning because you can't wake up and it's just like a it's like it just pulls yourself into that dark hole you know like that's why i'm happy to see weed getting legalized in more and more places because i mean i know not every wrestler is a stoner or anything like that but that (laughs) is much better for for pain management in my opinion than than pills so okay um g1 supercard is coming up but before that you have a match on Sunday mm-hmm. against Kenny King. Yep. You pumped about that? Uh, super pumped. I mean, huge fan of Kenny King. I think we can tear it up. Um, my last few matches of an ROH have been fantastic. Some of my favorite matches I've had in my life, which is awesome. You know, like I feel good. Like I'm almost 40. And like a kid comes up to me the other day. He's like, uh, he, I did an interview online. And he's like, uh, so your career is coming to an end. Who would you want your last match to be? And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> hang on. Like, I think I'm five years away from my prime, kid. Like, <laughs> first of all, like, <laughs> let's get this straight. And I do. I do feel better now than I've ever felt in my life. Maybe it's because I'm mentally stronger than ever. Like physically, I'm getting there. You know, spiritually, I'm definitely there. So, you know, like uh, as long as my body can last, I'm going to, you know, like. Well, you got the bionic legs now, you know. I mean, you <laughs> might as bi- well. Got you some know? new muscles. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy, you know, uh, the age thing. Like, I, I feel like people are ready to write wrestlers off real young. Right. Like, like 40 isn't and maybe it's because I'm like getting closer to like getting up there in my 30s, but like 40 isn't that old, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion, you know? Well, it depends who you are. It depends how well you take care of yourself, obviously. It depends on genetics and it depends on a lot of things. So that's, that's another reason I didn't want to do the drugs when I stopped drinking, like, you know, at all. Like, I don't even have one drop, one beer, or anything like that a while ago. Um, my dad was a wrestler, yep. and he said he did the, his best work between 42 and 45. So I was like, cool, if I follow in his footsteps, then I have something to look forward to. So so that's kind of what I've been working towards. Well, and if you look at if you look at it like people who become seasoned in their in their field, 
usually become best when they're older, you know, like in business, you know, you have to kind of work your way up the ladder and then you become the top dog for a while. So yeah, I'm always surprised. And I know that it's, a, you know, because of the, the fast pace of things and the hard hitting nature of wrestling that people are, you know, broken down younger, but like you said, you're still moving around just fine and stuff. Right, yeah, and it just depends on person to person. And, uh, and you know, wrestling gives you a lot of leeway, you know. Like, I'm sure in the NFL it would be completely different, depending on what, what, what position you play, you know. Like, yeah. if you're a quarterback, your, your, life, your, your life, life expectancy, your <laughs> career expectancy will be much longer, which, which is also fascinating because everyone considers me as a high flyer. I don't think I'm a high flyer. I do one, one or two cool high spots here You don't and consider there. yourself like a high-flying wrestler at I all? I mean, maybe. Like, I, I'm more of a hybrid style. Like, I don't know, like, my new style, it's kind of like hybrid. I mean, True. I still I still whip out the 450 and a bunch of dives and high flying stuff. But I I, I can see, consider myself like a strong style technical wrestler more than anything. Fair enough. But uh, <laughs> more so from the past of the people who recognize you, right? Because of the 450 right, and all that. Right. And usually those guys' careers don't last very long. So that's another another reason I kind of like change it up and like you know because I want to try and. Uh, Go for as long as possible. <laughs> you know, it's, I feel like a lot of the guys that were in WWE around your time are kind of still are, are still doing it, really. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of the Nexus guys are still doing it. Yep. For, not all of them, obviously. But uh, it's funny. I didn't even realize I was reading an interview that you did uh, recently, and you were saying that the Nexus thing was at Madison Square Garden. And I didn't, re- I didn't even put that together that that was at Madison Square Garden. The the, the initial thing? No, no. The oh. initial thing wasn't. This was like a couple of weeks after. Like, okay, okay. That's what it was. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. This, okay. this is when the storyline was hot. Like okay. It was like in, in the peak of the storyline. Like in Madison Square Garden, if you know Madison Square Garden, like there's only one way in. Mm-hmm. They actually snuck us in in an ambulance that day so okay. no one would see us coming. So yeah, the reaction we got when we came out was huge. Do you always, when you had to do stuff like that, did you find it kind of ridiculous that you had to be snuck in to that yeah, degree? Yeah, but it was awesome. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is something really cool. Like, you know, like <laughs> in wrestling, it's really hard to come up with something different, something unique. Like everything's been done before. Everything's kind of like just a recycled storyline. But like at the time, that was really cool. Like it was, Hell like, yeah. it was like, wow, this is something different. And like, you know, I, I wish it ran a little bit longer, but whatever. I'm always kind of surprised that there isn't more like Nexus reunion type stuff anywhere that people aren't ever trying to kind of like right? do an indie events or anything like that. You rarely see Nexus stuff. And Nexus was popping for a while there there was a um a guy in england who does like talking like these q a tours i don't know if you've seen jim ross mm-hmm. and like all those guys and then they were trying to get like a nexus thing together but it was just so hard to get all the guys together that is at tough. the same time yeah yeah but i mean if you got like some of them it would be cool like right. if it was you barrett ryback i'm trying to think like because well, he slater's still there Sure, yeah. Tarver would be available like, you could Tarver totally do yeah. something like fred, that fred Ross would yeah he would be available Dude, I would love to see that. You guys got to make that happen. What's his, what's his name, uh, the guy who does that? Uh, it's the Inside the Ropes guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget his name, though. But we, he, we, we did do a, it was me, uh, Darren Young, and Tarver. We did the trios tournament I remember in that. Shikara. That was actually cool because that was a bucket list in wrestling for me to do the Shikara the trios tournament. You said another bucket list in that article was New Japan yes. to do the Tokyo Dome. Yes. Do you think that that's something you foresee happening in this oh, year with Ring of Honor? Totally. Yeah. 100%. Like, even, even before WWE, that was my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, growing up in South Africa, third world country, I had a third world passport, it was really hard for me to get anywhere else. Like, you know, I tried to get into New Japan like 90, when I broke in, 97. So 99, 2001, that's when I was really trying really hard to get overseas and I just couldn't get anywhere. Ended up going to Europe, got kicked out after five years. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get out? So... <laughs> 
like I said, third world country passport. You can only get like a, a certain visa. I think it was like a working holiday visa or something. And I, you know, like I ended up working uh, and uh, in the UK, traveling while traveling. I ended up getting a student visa, switched onto the student visa, which was only for a year. And then I, I switched onto an, another year visa gimmick, you know. <laughs> and, then I, and then after five years, I'm like, hang on, how many visas have you had? <laughs> so I came back to South Africa. And then luckily the, the South African company got a TV deal. So for three years, like solid to the day, actually on TV. And then, yeah, luckily I got picked up by WWE. But coming back to that, like New Japan was always my goal before that. But like, obviously, I wasn't going to say no to a WWE deal. Of course not. And that'll help you get there eventually anyway. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Do you, you mentioned, you know, your dad being a wrestler. I know that, you know, you wrestled there, like you were saying, on TV. What's the South African scene like? Like, is there, is it, pop, is, like, because some of the other, you know, international mm-hmm. scenes are all kind of starting to blow up a little, like Australia, stuff like that. Yep, yep. Um, so, I'll, let me take you through the history. So, in the 80s, early 90s, South Africa was an unofficial territory. Not many people know this. You know, like, if you ask guys like Regal, Fit Finley, um, uh, Drew McDonald, those guys used to come stay there for like a year at a time. Okay. Actually, one of Undertaker's very first matches was in South Africa. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, when I was a kid, I saw Hogan job to our champion. I saw Andre the Giant come job to our champion. Really? Because there was no, like, internet or dirt sheets <laughs> or YouTube back then. So, no one knows of this stuff. Yeah. You know? uh, Wait, what was the guy who beat Hogan that you saw? His name's Jan Vilkens. He was, like, the South Africa super heavyweight champion for years. Crazy. You know, yeah. Is he the same one that beat Andre too? Yep, same guy. That's crazy. Same guy. Yep. yep. Is he still alive? He, he he might be, but he's like old, old. Crazy. He lives on a farm in like the middle of nowhere. He wants nothing to do with like wrestling, pro wrestling or anything wow. like that. But like, yeah, he was a legend. Like, That's back crazy. Then. If you ask any South African the name, Jan Wilkins, any South African over the age of 30, by the way. <laughs> and they'll it's know like that Rodriguez name. out there. Yeah, he was like, a, he was like, he was like as big as Hogan. He was a household name in, That's South, crazy. in South Africa. Yeah. And, um, That's crazy that there was someone that was that big that beat names like that that you just don't even hear about. Yeah, here. but I mean, it, it happened all the time in, in the NWA too. Like you, you hear of stories of like, well, now you hear it, like Ric Flair going to like Puerto Rico or like the where was it like Korea or something. Dropping the title and then winning it back the next day, like, but it was never like documented, right? It was never in the record book. So I mean, that stuff happened all the time when it was still like territories. Um, and then yeah, so like later in the nineties, my my dad was a promoter and my dad died in ninety nine and wrestling kind of just died. And everyone expected me to take over the company, but I was eighteen at the time, so I was like, I want to be a wrestler, I don't want to be a promoter. Like, so I just kind of packed my bag, skipped the country, went to England, uh, which my my. My family, they were so mad at me. All my friends, everyone. Like, wrestling just kind of crashed. Crazy. A couple of companies started up here That's and there. That's a big thing to have fall on your back at right. such a young age. Yeah, yeah. And I'm in a couple of companies, a couple of guys trying to start it back up. And it's like it's like there's some wrestling back home right now. Nothing big. I mean, there's a couple of guys who've done a couple of big shows in the last few years. Like, one or two big shows a year. That's it. Maybe ten shows in total a year. Crazy. I'm actually trying to set something up right now. I'm trying to set something up there. Because I, I feel like... Uh, like the wrestling in South Africa is big and like I get kids on Instagram and Facebook asking me daily like where can I train where can I go so I want to open a couple of wrestling schools in the big cities in South Africa maybe do two three four big shows a year and then you know like hopefully we can grow it back into what it was especially now because wrestling's booming worldwide like you said Australia's yeah. booming England is booming um, everywhere China's booming China, like yeah all, all these weird countries even yeah. like yeah I got a booking in, in Chile and then apparently there it's booming Crazy. yeah like it's, it's all these weird weird countries that you never would think of because like, wrestling is a universal language yes you think about so, like, in, in, in Africa, 
the biggest wrestling shows were actually remember WWE superstars and main, yep. main event shows like that where there's no like promos like because people don't understand the the Raw and the SmackDown 30 minute opening promos <laughs> but people understand wrestling because yep. wrestling is a universal language yep. you know so like stuff like that those shows are huge in in, in Africa but but people are catching up on to the like, the whole wrestling culture so do you think so you would like to start schools out there so you. Eventually. So you would kind of, that's kind of cool, full circle, that you'd come back to that after all this time. Because, I mean, I feel like, and I don't know anything about your dad personally or anything, but I feel like, I mean, he started when he was older, right? I mean, he he was wrestler first, right? And then he started promoting. So it's kind of like the same lineage. Yeah, funny story how he got into it, actually. So he was a legit um, Greco-Roman wrestler. He was going to go to the Olympic Games in 1981 i think it was 81 or 82 whenever the olympic games was that's when i was born and south africa was boycotted from all international sports so he didn't get to go to the olympic games oh. and the russian guy that won the gold medal my dad beat him at the at the, at the world games oh. so like to that to him that stung you know and that yeah. was his passion so like that was back then when it was really hard to get into pro wrestling and i guess all the pro wrestlers approached him and they're like yo you should come try this and he's like Pff. <laughs> <laughs> But like yeah, eventually you know he got into it. He started liking it, and uh, back then uh, one of the main promoters, Willie Cooney. I don't know if you know this name. If you know anything mm. about history, but do you know the Simpson brothers from Texas from the '80s? Sounds familiar. Yeah, but anyway, they were the first two South Africans to ever make it. Uh, their dad ran the main territory in South Africa. My dad took over from him. Okay. And then yeah, he just he started a sports promotions, wrestling, kickboxing, MMA company. He also like. Um, um, managed a couple of like bands, like acts and stuff like that, oh, like awesome. even a circus, like just the massive company, which was one at the time it was like the fifth biggest company in the world. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, that's why it was. Like, that's why everyone was so mad at you when you left. <laughs> yeah, I just like it just crashed. Yeah, no, that that's. But I mean, you were only eighteen. Like mm-hmm. that's a lot, to, especially if it was that big of a company at the time. Like that's yeah. a lot to take on. That's yeah, a lot of pressure. Especially if you have like things you want to do. Like you wanted to. Totally, I wanted to be a wrestler. That, yeah. This is this is what I've always wanted to do. Ever since I was eight years old, this is what I've always wanted to do. Obviously, I can't do it forever. So now I'm thinking like maybe I will help out some kids too. You know, and I, obviously I'm not going to move back to South Africa. I'll probably maybe I'll go live there for six months, come back to the U.S. <laughs> for six months. You know, because I have a bunch of businesses here too, and uh-huh. I'll, maybe I'll be back and forth. Who knows? I don't know. Let's see what happens. I do want to help out some kids back back home and maybe run some shows because wrestling in south africa there's a big market for it for sure yeah and if it brings the next you like that'd be that's only a good thing you right, know i mean right. if no one's really helping to to like manifest that talent right now i mean that's something that's needed i was watching well i wasn't watching i was reading about that uh you know that legendary bret hart versus tom mcgee match and how you know, no one's ever seen or whoever and you know you you see how like the matches that Tom McGee was in, he wasn't a very good wrestler, but I was thinking while I was looking, I was like, man, he really did have a good look. If there had been a thing like a PC where he could like go and train every day right. and like put in the time and, and get taught by the best minds in wrestling, like that would be super helpful back then. It's, and I always think like, it's crazy how many people were probably just lost in time because they just didn't have proper training like that. Oh yeah. And I've seen it happen too. Like I, you know, just in FCW, the developmental territory, like so many guys who should have and could have been the next John Cena and just didn't happen. You know? Is there anyone that instantly comes to mind when you say that it was a guy named kyle rasmussen and like he just he, he had the look and you know like he picked it up quickly he was a football player so like a lot of people gave him heat for that and like but like you know like i thought he had it. like a lot of people didn't think so just because they didn't like him personally um and him and he's his friend too he's a pro bodybuilder he's actually the, the tallest bodybuilder in the world right now uh aaron aaron reed who uh, he lives out here in venice right now actually trains people but he's yeah he's mm-hmm. a fantastic talent i thought he definitely had 
it, it factor. Does it trip you out to see the PC and like the NXT, what it's become from what you were like there in the beginning? Does it trip you out to see that? It does, and it's cool. I, I dig it. Like, it's, it's, NXT is its own brand. It's not so much a developmental territory or a farm league. It's like its own brand, which totally. I think it's fantastic. Like, I love the brand. I love NXT right now. I had an opportunity to go back there, actually, but I chose ROH over that. Which is, honestly, I think you made the right call there. Like, yeah. I... I there's so many people down at the performance mm-hmm. center. Like you would, like it's so easy to get lost in that mm-hmm. shuffle of people. And I think with ROH, you know, you can kind of be showcased in a, in a much better fashion. And it's a little more, um, I guess, creatively uh, freeing. I guess right? exactly that. That was the main thing for me, like schedule wise, and then creative freedom. Because like I mean, wrestling is an art. And like if you. I feel like in, I love WWE, by the way. I'm not knocking anything or anyone there, but like, you know, like, it, it's like you're kind of like handcuffed in a way. You know, like, obviously, who, depending on who you are and how high up on the card you are, you have a little bit of freedom. But uh, you can always be told what to do by a suit and stuff like that. And, and then that's cool. You know, like, you, that's, that's fine for some people and you make a lot of money. And if you have a family, that's the thing you should do. But like, if you're an, a true artist, like, you want to just. <laughs> do your thing you know like you want to show people what you can do you got that gypsy lifestyle in you where you just want to be yourself and do your thing yeah i i completely understand that and you know speaking of ring of honor before we head out here um madison square garden are you pumped to go back to madison square garden when's the last time you wrestled there i am Uh, wow i don't even remember it's probably been a while right it's been a while it's probably been like four or five years maybe even longer i don't even know like <laughs> i forget like i've done a couple of shows with uh, wwe there the very first one probably that's the only one that stands out in my mind it was the nexus running we did mm-hmm. um yeah that's the only one that i can like remember remember like my whole wwe thing was just a blur because like it was just so many shows you know my first year i think it had like close to 300 shows the first year on the road <sighs> you know it's so just many. constantly i slept in my own bed like one night a week and that's what a lot of people don't get it's not so much the wrestling it's the actual traveling that that beats you up i couldn't imagine traveling like that i don't even like traveling on vacation for fun <laughs> i couldn't imagine every day traveling being in a different hotel room every night right oh that sounds like not having my DVR sounds like torture, in my opinion. You know, it's fun if you don't have a family or anyone to come home to. But like for some of the guys with families and kids, that's really hard for them. And for me, it was like it was just, I was just a kid living my dream. You know? Yeah, you were like in your twenties, partying, yeah, yeah, you know? partying every day, wrestling every day, getting paid to play with my friends. <laughs> Is there something special that you feel about? Like, do you feel like there's a special feeling wrestling at the Garden, being at the Garden? Is there something kind of like unique about it? Do you feel? Oh, oh yeah, like in, in anything, not even wrestling. Like anything at the Garden is pretty special, right? because it's Madison Square Garden it's got so much history and like if even if for wrestling there's so many great events matches have happened there like just being there even just like a live event like a non-televised WWE event was amazing like I can I can just I, I can actually remember look I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> like I can remember like running in and the rumble for the first time and like I remember getting a paycheck too I was like wow this is what I get for the Madison Square Garden this is great <laughs> <laughs> wait you, you know, guys like, had bigger paychecks for the Madison Square Garden shows oh yeah for, like for live events you get way bigger paychecks why anything on televised i don't know because maybe they have to pay for the production and like the, the setup and everything crazy like, non, non, televised shows yeah you get way big, way more money <laughs> <laughs> i definitely didn't know that yeah. that's interesting to yeah. know i didn't know that um what was it yeah i've only i've only uh i've only been to one show at madison square garden and it was uh the hall of fame ceremony mm. and it was like i was in the very i was literally like there's the wall i was like touching the last row there uh, so i'm excited to see an actual wrestling show at a decent 
<laughs> Late oh, you're going to be there? You're yeah, going to be yeah, there? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm excited, man. It yeah, should yeah. be fun. Uh, well, on that note, you guys should also make sure you watch G1 Supercard. It's on April 6th. It's available on pretty much all platforms. The Honor Club, Fight. It's available everywhere. It's very easy to find. Make sure you watch it. He's going to be in the Honor Rumble. There's a bunch of other awesome matches that are going to be on the card. I'm going to be there. I'm very excited to check it out. Uh, PJ, where can people find everything you're doing? Uh, PJBlack.com. Everything's on there. All my links to my social medias, to, to my YouTube channel. You can get some cool merch on there. And some keto uh, cooking, hopefully, soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm starting some, some keto recipes on there slowly. Uh, I do have a fitness blog and a wrestling blog on my website, too. But I, And I'm very very active on um, Instagram, but you can get the links on pjblack.com. Thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. All right, we're done here. Officially tapping out. Until next time, stay out of the dirt and keep your eye on the sheet. ProWrestlingSheet.com Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 83120. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.